What's poppin' pet people, and thanks for joining us for another episode today. I am your co-host, Peter. And I am Rachel. And, and this, this is, is All, all for, for animals. animals. Today, we are talking about the most commonly asked questions that I've received personally, as well as just members of the industry altogether. Some that we want to address, some that are funny, some that can be confusing, and some that I would almost label downright rude. <laughs> <laughs> so my first question, and I have gotten this question even before I was actually legally allowed to be part of the industry. Most um, animal-related jobs do require you to be um, over the age of 18 just because of liability. Okay. Of course, I've always been an animal lover. Well, duh. <laughs> um, and I get this question constantly. I've gotten this question since the time I was 10 years old. Are you a vegetarian or a vegan? Oh. <laughs> um, and I am not. I am not. I get that question at least, I would say, two or three times a month. And while it's valid, like it makes sense, I think, um, no, I am not. I do eat meat. I do consume dairy um, and cheese and eggs. And I believe you're the same way, Rachel, correct? Um. Well, I'm quasi-vegetarian. I'm I don't have the self-control to be vegan. <laughs> I love cheese. <laughs> yes. And uh, that's again, I'm right there with you, Rachel. I just don't have the willpower or the self-control. Um, so here's a question I get all the time. <laughs> and there's not a good answer for me. Okay. All my dog grooming clients ask me, what kind of dog do you have? And I am a dogless dog groomer. <laughs> so they roll their eyes at it. They're like, what the hell? How does that make any sense? <laughs> and my response is, well, I get my canine fix Monday through Thursday when I'm grooming. Additionally, I want a dog. I really do. Um, just the property that I'm at right now doesn't accommodate for one. And I just, I, I hate to be one of those people that selfishly gets the animal that they can't really accommodate in their home. Sure. Um, and now's just not the time. I've got my whole life to own a dog. Yeah. And then furthermore, there's no sense in me getting a dog just to leave it at home six, eight hours a day. So it needs to be a small breed like yours yeah. um, that can actually ride along with me. So yeah. you have a better answer when your clients ask you that question. So I do. So fill us in. What kind of <laughs> dogs do we have, Rachel? So my two dogs that come to work with me every day, Magic and Miyagi, the best co-workers I could ever ask for, they are Havanese and they are the most adorable and sweet, amazing little dogs I could ever ask for. Now, I do also have another dog at home, and my mom is living with me at the moment, and she has another dog. So total, I actually have four dogs in my house. The other two are Logan. He's a Chawini Australian Shepherd And he mix. has the most badass name ever, Logan. That's such a goofy name for a dog, and he <laughs> looks like a Logan. I love it. I love it. He does, yeah, right? It's very suited right. to him. <laughs> and then our last dog is my mom's, and he is a pity boxer, kind of Heinz 57, uh, named Mowgli. And he's also just a giant love bug. He's, I mean, the other two, they just don't travel as easily. And obviously Mowgli likes to hang out with my mom most of the time. So they stay at home while I go off and take the other two to work with me every day. Right, right. And that's exactly what I want. I don't know that I want two dogs at the same time. Well, I say that. I also said I didn't want as many hedgehogs as I had. Now, 
I can't stop, but I want more. And I really, I really You're an need addict. More. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what, what does my mom always say? Um, that I have GGMA. That's my disorder. Got to get more animals. Um, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. I have that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that that needs to be in the DSM-5 because I would definitely meet the criteria. Um, Well, and especially for me, breeding with pedigrees, I really have to, I basically have to get, especially new males, at least every six, eight months to dilute the bloodlines because I don't want to circulate my, you know. Oh, sure. um, But that's straying from the the point. That's a conversation for (laughs) another episode that we do have planned. Yes. Now, another question that I get, and I'm curious about what you're going to say about this, Rachel, because I don't really mind when I get asked this question, but maybe you have a difference of opinion. So I've had quite a few clients, I'd say close to a dozen, say, you know, I ask what haircut they want. They say, well, just do whatever you want. And then they follow that with, do you hate when clients say that? Do you hate when people say it to you? And I don't. It gives me free range. I kind of just... What I do at that point is I say, okay, do you want more, more than half off, less than half off, or half off? And that's all I need to know to do, you know, what I want to do. And then also I feel like, for me, it's not an offensive question. Um, and the vagueness doesn't bother me because it shows that you trust that I give a damn. And sure. um, and that I think that that, I don't know, I feel it's really like humbling when someone's like, just, I trust you. You do, you know what you're doing. You're the groomer. I'm the owner. You do what you got to do. So how about you? I used to get a lot of people that would say to just do whatever, uh, whatever I wanted with their dog's haircut, but I don't get a lot of that anymore. Usually what I get is something along the lines of, I don't know, what do you recommend? Uh, which I never mind answering that question because to that question, I always say, you know, what are your preferences? Is your dog outside all the time bringing nasty things in the house? So you'd like to keep them maybe on the shorter side, stuff like that. But the bigger question um, that I usually get more nowadays is like, they'll, I'll ask them what they would like to have done. And they'll ask me for like the breed standard on a a mixed breed that I'm just like, I don't know what breed standard you're referring to. So I just kind of need to get a little bit more information. So that that's, that's usually where I tend to get just a little bit confused, I guess, is I'm just not sure what they're looking for. Like if there's a specific breed standard they're looking for, or if they might be confused and think that there's a breed standard for all of the like quote unquote designer dogs that there just isn't one. Right. And right. I, and the thing and the is term puppy cut makes my blood boil. Yeah. <laughs> I hear puppy cut all the time and I just could, I just void it and continue asking the same questions I would ask as if it's not, that tells me nothing. Yeah. We do have an easier job as groomers as opposed to the show groomers, just because like, you know, you, my clients, they want their dogs to be neat, tidy and cute. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not, there's not as much pressure there. The problem with when I get poodle mix people and they say, you know, what you're saying about the breed standard, well, a lot of these poodle mix people don't want the poodle face or the poodle feet. Mm -hmm. So that makes me nervous. So I've learned I never do that. I never shave the face. (laughs) But yeah, so I just, I didn't know how you felt about that. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy hearing that, you know, just do whatever you want. And, And then I tell people, Keep in mind, this is our first appointment, second appointment. We're kind of still in the figure it out phase where you need, and I tell people, don't be bashful. Tell me, Peter, I didn't like the way you did my dog's tail. Peter, I didn't like the way you did my yeah. dog's Because if you don't give me this information, 
you're paying good money and you're not getting the haircut you want. And furthermore, you're stunting my growth because I like a challenge. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is if people have a specific idea for their dog's hair, I'm always down to, to tell them, yeah, we can totally do that. Or it might take us a couple tries to get there or your dog's hair is just not going to hold that style or whatever the case may be. If you have a specific idea, just tell me. We'll make or, it happen. Or even a reference picture. Like I'll have, I've had some people like, yes. they have a poodle and they'll show me a schnauzer and I'm like, yeah, no, I can't do that. That does, yeah. Your dog's coat does not call for this. But here, what about, and you know. And it's just not going to be able to support it. Exactly. Exactly. It's I mean, two completely different. Hair types. Sh- yeah. Head shapes and hair types. Exactly. So for me, I, I will show them a reference picture either just straight off Google or of a dog I've done, especially when like I'm telling people like, hey, your dog's pretty matted. We're gonna have to take your dog pretty short. And they're like, well, how short? Well, here's a picture of a uh, of a seven blade I've done on a dog. Here's a picture of a four blade I've done on a dog to give them a visual. Sure. Another question, and I know that you're not gonna like this question, Rachel, because I don't <laughs> like it either. Does that include nails? Yes. Oh yes. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna not trim your dog's freaking nails. I don't want, and when your dog's getting anxious for the power dryer, I don't want them scratching me up. I will trim the <laughs> nails, I promise. My prices are all-inclusive, um, and frankly, every salon I've worked for, there's, I mean, there's a la carte nails where you just get the nails, but there's never, like, yeah. the only time I won't do the dog's nails is when the client tells me not to. Sure. Yeah, I always tell people the nails are always included. There isn't a service that I provide that doesn't come with nails. So either people are just having a nail trim or they're having some kind of bath or haircut service and it will always be included. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of, I've, I read a meme or, or like an article where a groomer was complaining about getting that question all the time. And she basically said it was essentially the same as asking a chef if they're going to cook your food. It's always included. That's a wonderful <laughs> analogy. I'm going to use that. Yeah. I'm stealing that. Yeah, no, it, it just wouldn't make sense to not trim the nails. Um, actually, I have, yeah. a, I have a t-shirt that says, yes, that includes nails. Oh, I need that t-shirt yeah, too. It's, it's a pretty <laughs> redundant question. And like, obviously people want to know and it's okay to ask questions. Yeah. But the answer is yes. I'm not just going to not trim your dog's nails, I promise. For the yeah. safety of my skin and the well-being of your animal, I will be trimming their yeah. nails. So, I mean, that's one of the first things I tell people that's the most important thing. Even if you can't afford like a full-on haircut or something, your dog's nails are going to need to be clipped. Oh, nail, Every single nails dog's are nails so important. are going to need their clip. Nails yeah. and ears, in my opinion. Cleaning the ears and yeah. trimming the nails. That's why when, you know, I hear people that say, well, I have a short-haired dog. He doesn't need any grooming. Well, nail trims are considered grooming. So, yes, they yeah. do. Yeah. And it's not really an infuriating question. I'll say that. Uh, it's just redundant. I get it all the time. Yeah. Here is a pretty infuriating question I get. And I know you don't like this one either, Rachel. Okay. Is this all you do for a living? Ah! Yeah. I get that all the time. Yes. Like, this is like four separate jobs all rolled into one. What on earth more do I need to be doing? It takes over your entire life. Well, and it's funny because I hear it just as much as you, and you reference that some individuals just think you're a bored housewife trying to make extra money, and it's not that. I mean, yes. you're 
you're putting if you're not physically grooming, you are putting forty hours minimum into your business. As am I. Oh geez, I groom more than forty hours right. a week. Right. Plus all of the admin stuff and everything. Exactly. And all the repair work and maintenance that I have to do on the rig. Well, and all the taxes yes. and the scheduling. <laughs> it's a lot, and so yeah, I I. I I don't know that people necessarily mean that to be offensive, but yeah, it is. Yeah, it kind of is. It would be like going to someone's office and being like, hey, so this is your side gig, right? <laughs> exactly. And I remember we had kind of discussed when I was starting, I would get people that would call all the time, say, hey, you're at my neighbor's house. Can you come groom my dog? Do you think that I would do this full time if I if yes, I wasn't I get that all four the time. weeks out, six weeks out, and, and trust that I could make it? I still it. do. Yeah, and that's a comment to be made of, a kid with a lawn mowing business in, in school trying yes, to make Yes, I a... say that all the time. Yeah, that's something you say to the kid down the street that mows your neighbor's lawn. Like, hey, you want an extra 20 bucks this week, kid? That is not something you say to a professional who exactly. is very much in demand and has an extremely booked out schedule. Oh, we're, yeah, the demand has hit us harder than we ever can. I mean, it's it's a shame. I turn I turn away so many dogs because I cannot fit them on my schedule. Oh yeah, same. I also want to ask this question. If there are any salon groomers out there, do you guys get that same question of, is this all you do for a living? Because I know that I've worked with salon groomers where it's almost the impression is that grooming's a hobby. And I can tell you oh, it yeah. is not a freaking hobby. <laughs> oh yeah. I used to get that all the time when I worked at all different types of salons. So uh-huh. I worked at corporate salons and private salons, as well as ones that had, um, like, the boarding and daycare facilities. I get that question no matter what kind of facility I work at. Sure. If it's a hobby, it's an extremely uh, self-sustaining one, I guess, <laughs> if you want to categorize yeah. it as a hobby. So I have a good question Sure. that I get asked all the time, and that is, why can't I sit with my dog? while you groom him that is a i'm glad you asked that question this is a conversation i have with new clients so i'm assuming you don't like getting that question i don't it's not necessarily that i don't like it people love their pets and i totally sympathize with it but there is there is an explanation for why we don't and i've even had people they're like baffled when i tell them and then kind of when i explain they reason with it so but you ask the question you answer first Sure. So what I always, I don't like hate getting this question. It just kind of makes me a little bit uncomfortable because there are those people out there that get really nervous about their pet being alone with somebody that they don't know really well. Uh, So then it just makes me nervous that I'm going to get somebody that thinks I'm trying to, you know, do something shady to their animal for whatever reason and, and everything. But I mean, I just tell people that it's kind of similar to the way your kid behaves better for their school teacher sometimes than they do for you, where if mom and dad are in the room, they're bouncing off the walls, they can't focus, they won't sit still, and that just makes it really dangerous for both the dog and myself Yes, trying to work on them with sharp objects. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I say something similar. I say, so I don't allow clients, you know, in the in the unit. First of all, my unit's freaking small. And same. Sec- <laughs> and yeah. And second of all, your dog's just going to fight me harder in, in trying to get to mom and dad. They're just going to fight me harder. It's going to make my job harder. And the biggest thing 
if you're there, it's harder for me to build a relationship with your animal. And in order for me to really do my best work, your dog needs to trust me. And having you there isn't yeah. going to build the trust that I need. Um, yeah, we and, need that bond so that they know that we're not trying to hurt them. And you're exactly right. I've gotten a couple people that are like, yeah, they think that I'm going to do something shady with their dog. And that's just that's just not what it is. It's yeah. just simply that it it's an opportunity for your dog to get to know me. I always tell people, typically, I trust the dogs before they trust me. I mean, I'm a mobile groomer. Oh, absolutely. A majority of the dogs I'm getting are senior dogs or traumatized animals. I don't get a lot of puppies on my schedule. And just the reason for that is they do well in the salons. I cater to these nervous dogs that I really have to sit down and build trust with. Sure. And um, and then furthermore, like I, there was a time when I did have clients around. It's like I trimmed the nails. And the dog, like, is, you know, freaking out. And then the owner's like, oh, 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 oh. and I'm like, stop. Yeah. You're pissing off the dog worse. You're making my job harder. Stop. You need well, to Well, and leave. you're kind of encouraging that, that behavior when exactly. you keep, it, yeah, interacting And you don't mean it. to. And that's why I, I get, I, I do a la carte nails. And I get a lot of people and they're like, I just need you to do the nails. The dog gets super worked up for me. And I treat it like it's nothing. And the dog, half the time, the dog doesn't even know why they got on my table. They're just, I trim the nails. They're you know, looking around and then they're off the table. Yep. Typically the reason the animal's getting nervous is because you're nervous. Yeah. They feed These off of are your ener energy. <laughs> they're energy feelers. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I have another question that's kind of in a similar vein. Wonderful. And that is, do dogs actually enjoy being groomed? And this is a question that I feel is really complicated. Uh, but I want to hear your answer first. Like, what do you say when people ask that? Every dog is different. Um, so I have dogs that they love the haircut and they love me, but perhaps they struggle for the bath or they struggle for the power dryer. Mm -hmm. I have one dog on my schedule and he loves the power dryer. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus, dude, why can't they all just be like you? And then most of my dogs struggle for nails. So you're exactly right. It's a complicated question. They, they like, there may be parts of the process that they tolerate, parts of the process they hate, and parts of the process they love. So it's not just a one-size-fits-all. Sure. Um, the main thing is when they are struggling or they're intimidated or they're nervous, that is when I build the most trust with the animal. If I can get the animal to calm down while I'm trimming its nails, then next time they're going to they're gonna remember, and in yeah. their head they're going to say, well, speaking for the animals here, okay, this dude, you yeah. know. It's... Well, it gets less scary every time. Exactly. And then they learn to trust me. I see people all the time and their dog is just ill-behaved for the nail trim. And it's not that they're necessarily untrained or unruly. It's that they're nervous. And yeah. I tell people, because people are like, I just don't know if this is if we're ever going to get better. Da, 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 da. This is why I want you on a four-week schedule. Because if I see your dog every six months, I'm not going to be able to work. I'm not going to be able to do any trust building. Typically, I tell pe nail trim people, the third or fourth appointment is when you kind of see, see that change. Um, I actually want to provide an example of this. Okay. One of my clients has a humongous dog, and she struggles for her nails. I've done the dog for over a year. I've done her for about 20 months, um, so just about two years, matter of fact. Uh, and when I first started, it was both owners kind of had to lay the dog on its side, lateral recumbency. We needed Prozac and muzzles. Um, and when I say muzzles, I mean two. I would have to put the cloth muzzle on and then I have to put a basket muzzle, muzzle over it so that she wouldn't just tear through yeah. the cloth muzzle. Um, 
20 months later, the dog's not on drugs, the owners don't have to lay on it, and it doesn't get a muzzle. And why? Because that dog has seen me every four weeks. She gets nervous. I mean, she'll whine a little bit, but I would be comfortable sticking my face in that dog's face while trimming her nails now, and I wouldn't a year ago. Sure. So um, straying from the point a little bit, but that's a good example of of why I say what I say when it comes to regularity is everything for your yeah. dog. So, so for me... But now you... For me, what the way I answer that question is I do tell them right up front that it is a very complicated question and it doesn't have a simple yes or no um, answer. But I do like to tell them that as much as we as our pets owners and, and guardians and everything, we want to believe that it's kind of the same as us going for a spa day or a trip to the salon. It's not the same. It's not a luxurious and pampering experience for the dog. Most of the time, they're just kind of tolerating it. Uh, so it is going to be somewhat stressful. So if your dog is shaking because your your groomer is, is, is there or working with them or something, that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with the process or with your groomer specifically. Uh, you know, I get those people that are like, oh, my God, why is he shaking? And I'm just like, well, it's. It's because he doesn't know me as well as, as as he'd like to. And I'm doing these foreign things. You know, I'm touching his feet, which most dogs can't stand right out the gate. And I'm... Or squeezing its butt. Yes. Find me a dog that likes its anal glands expressed always. Exactly. I'm a stranger <laughs> you know? to him. And I've just plunked him in a tub. And I'm scrubbing him up with soap. And I'm touching his ears. And I mean, I have... Logan, our our little Chawini guy, he hates having his ears touched. He'll eat your face off if you try to touch his ears. Mm. So it's just all of those things. And it, I mean, it tends to click when people actually think about it that way. But it just kind of makes me a little bummed when people think that automatically if a dog is scared for the groomer or the vet or something, that it always means that something terrible has happened to them. It doesn't. It's yeah, just, it's groomer. kind of an they, uncomfortable yeah. situation for everybody well, and i get a lot of dogs even that they'll shake like a leaf and i mean these are dogs that i that know me and i know them yeah and they shake like a leaf and the owners just feel so bad yeah about getting the dog room but they understand it's for the animal's health and i tell them like as soon as you leave as soon as this dog is on my table completely different animal yeah they're still nervous they're still like soft-spoken but it's the anticipation that kills the dog more than anything in my opinion well i mean uh, for me magic and miyagi magic is about to be 13 miyagi's about to be 11 so and i am the only groomer who has ever worked on these dogs no one else has ever touched them so i know for absolutely 100 percent positive they have never been mistreated by a groomer because it's always been me and they still shake like leaves every single time I trim their nails. I trim them every Thursday while I'm working and they also absolutely loathe getting their teeth brushed every day while I'm working as well. But I know that it's not because they've been abused by a groomer or anything because I'm the only one that's ever done it. They're just not thrilled about having their feet touched they're not thrilled about having toothpaste in their mouth and me forcing them to sit still while I brush their teeth. It's just not a fun concept for them. And dogs don't understand the benefits of it. They only understand, hey, I don't like this. Right. I use the analogy, it's like a baby getting their shots. It's got to get done. So yeah. um, make, you know, make it as, as comfortable of an experience 
as you can. I deny people that want end of life grooming. It's it's that was my frankly, next question really, that I was going to bring I hate, up. I can't stand it. It's not a luxurious spa day. I'm your your seventeen year old dog that's getting euthanized next week does not want to stand and get bathed and groomed. Yeah. I always say you've got bigger fish to fry, and I'm not interested in putting your dog through that. I'm in the business of grooming animals. I'm not in the business of hurting animals, and I think that's a line you cross. Yeah. I think that it's just it's too much. It's too much. Um, and furthermore, I wouldn't be able to live with myself if, you know, a senior dog that's ready to cross Rainbow Bridge, I'm working on it, and God forbid it has a heart attack and passes on my table, and it's yeah. not a risk I'm interested in taking. And I think it's a good opportunity to kind of educate people on this isn't a spa day. This isn't a freaking mani-pedi. This isn't a massage. This is this could be a stressful process. It's a lot of standing, and it's it, it really wears the joints of those older dogs, and I just won't do it. We always want that humanity over vanity. Yep, yep. I always tell people with older dogs, if you want an, a long haircut, I'm not the groomer for you. Your dog has had its sure. whole life to have those beautiful haircuts. Now it's all about comfort. I want your dog to be short. I want your dog to be neat and tidy. I want your dog to be able to get around. If it's winter, pop a sweater on it. Mm -hmm. There are some dogs, especially if it's a heart murmur dog or, you know, an older um, blind and deaf dog, I will set a timer for 45 yeah. minutes and what I get done is what I get done because I'm not willing to sit there for three hours with this animal to make this beautiful haircut yeah. where there's not a hair out of place when it's so unnecessary. It's about comfort. And so that's why I think that people think that groomers are just cutting hair and it kind of gets a little more complex than that. Yeah, it's it's so much more than that. And I mean, we really have to be animal trainers and we have to be almost like an animal social worker, for lack of a better way of calling it, where we have to decide if whatever we are trying to do for for the dog is going to improve their life or if it's just going to make them more uncomfortable. Right. Moving away from the grooming a little okay. bit, I do want to discuss a little bit of questions I get in regards to my hedgehogs, uh, because people look at me when I tell them I'm a hedgehog breeder, and they're like, what the fuck did you just say to me? It's a whole different, like, the small animal world is so fun, and it's so underappreciated. Sure. Hamsters and gerbils, they're just looked at as these $10 disposable little things you can pop in a small cage, and it's just, it's a little more, it's a lot more complex than that. I get, what do you do with your hedgehogs? What do you mean? <laughs> I sell them to breeders for other programs or um, I create nice and social beings for pet use, you know, as a companion for a family, you know, they're for, great for kids and kids at heart. Sure. <laughs> I've even had a lady say, what do you breed them for? Snake food? And I don't think that 5,000 quills going down a snake's throat is going to Settle very Wait, well. people actually think that you're you're selling them off as feeders? Yeah, I've had one person think I was breeding feeder hedgehogs, and that's just not a thing. I so, was gonna say again, like yeah, it, well, and people when I tell people I'm a hedgehog breeder, they're like, okay, dude, like whatever. They don't. It doesn't get the same respect, I don't think, as dog and cat breeding, and same with rescue. Like small animal rescuing is is not as it's not taken as seriously as canine feline rescue and it's really unfortunate because i don't know i feel like hedgehogs have a lot of dog and cat like personalities i think it's the lack of lifespan that we see with some of the small animals that we kind of have this hierarchy or like a triage i know what like you're talking horses about horses and dogs the hierarchy where the there's ones. some animals that are 
are somehow more legit as pets. And then there's the ones that you're kind of just like, eh, it's just a whatever type of animal. It's just a gerbil or yeah. it's just a gecko or, yeah. And that's, I, I, I mean, I love my hedgehogs like I love my cats. And sure. I know that every other breeder I work with, um, it's not just about the animals you own. It's about the species altogether. I, the betterment of the species and learning more about the, the you know, their structure and their dietary needs and just stuff like that. Um, it's just as complex as a cat or a dog. I mean, they're, they're mammals. Cats and dogs are mammals. So a lot of it goes hand in hand. So my next question that I get all the time is, do you give vaccines? And this one just kind of makes me laugh because I'm, I'm not sure where anybody kind of got the impression that I have any sort of medical training. I don't. It would be very scary if you tried to have me do anything medical related because first off, I'd probably just have a panic, panic attack and cry. <laughs> That's way too much pressure for me. Uh, but no, uh, vaccines have to be given by your vet, never a groomer. Yeah, no, we don't have the qualifications nor the paperwork. Now, I do know from my very brief time in vet med, um, I know that the distemper and the leukemia and the bordetella of vet tech can do it. Um, The doctor just needs to be present. And again, we are groomers. I also get like, why do I require the rabies vaccination? And because if God forbid something happens and I get bit. Yeah. It's going to be a whirlwind for you. And I don't want to put you or your dog or myself through it. And for it's, it's, it's a law. It's required. Um, it's part of owning an animal. Yeah. So, but no, I can't give it. Sorry. Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> I don't poke your dogs. So no. no pokes. Yeah. I think that was a really, really good. I think all these questions today were really, really good and insightful. I think it was a great discussion today. Yeah. And that's a that's about all we have time for. But um, that was a really, really, I think we packed a lot of good information Absolutely. In, this, in this episode. So, and of course, we always want to thank you guys for joining us and listening. And again, if you ever have a story or a question, anything along those lines, feel free to reach out. Um, via email or our social medias. That email is allforanimalspodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook at allforanimalspod. And we are allforanimalspodcast on Instagram. And we are um, now we are on all of the platforms that uh, you should be able to find podcasts on so that everybody can find us. We want to be able to reach everybody's ears. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, if, if, you have a story and you're a little uh, nervous or concerned, we always offer up, um, you know, the anonymous write-ins. Just make sure to mention that in the email um, and we will stay true to that. But nevertheless, thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode here at All for Animals. And we will join you next week. Heck yeah. We'll see you later. 